Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. The, if, if, you're, if you're new to the church, if you're kind of poking around, this is actually kind of a good day for you. We're gonna talk about the vision for 2022 and um, the whole word for this season, the whole word for the, the, the year that we're in is the word advance. And I, I feel like um, it, it's time to advance. I feel like the church corporately, uh, even worldwide, has lost a ton of ground over the last two years, um, ever since March of uh, 2020. And I feel like it's our responsibility to realize and just, just admit, okay, we've lost some ground, but we're the ones, at least at our church, as for me in this house, we're gonna take back the ground that was lost. And sometimes when you look, you're like, I feel like the church has taken a huge step back. How are we gonna advance? It's like trying to eat an elephant. Well, just one bite at a time is a good place to start. Like sometimes where you're like, I just feel so far behind. Well, just start, start something, start fasting, start praying, start, start plugging in, like start somewhere. If we'd all, if all of us would take baby steps in advancing, we're all gonna get somewhere. And if, if all of us together would all do great things personally, individually in our life, all those little steps add up to one big advancement for our church into our city. Now, it will require you to step out of your comfort zone. It's comfortable to stay where we are. It's uncomfortable to take steps of faith in how we're gonna do these next seven things. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna push you to advance because I, I, I have a dream for God to, to do great things in our city and for thousands of people to get born again and for to see marriages healed and drug addicts set free. And um, I, sometimes we'd be like, well, why do we have to advance? What's wrong with where we are now? Okay, let's be honest. Our church is really good. I like our church. I would go to our church. Um, like you would go to our church. The problem with good is it's the enemy of great. Sometimes we stop pursuing greatness because we get to good and we're like, we've got good worship. We've got good teams. We've got a pretty good preacher, stunningly handsome. We've got, we've got good kids ministry. We've, we've, got good, we've got good everything. Okay, what, what if we keep, keep working and going towards great? Like what if we just all work together and we stretch? Because sometimes it's like, there's gotta be more. Like if this is it, like I'm like, okay, this is good, but there's gotta be more. Like if God is the God of the universe, there's gotta be more, right? There's gotta be more for us to, to see God move in people's hearts and lives. Um, we have to expand and make room. Oh, if, if you are new and you're visiting, you don't know what's going on, we're gonna do a big remodel project. We're closing on land that we are selling. It was donated to, to us 15 years ago, before Josie and I ever got here. It's selling for $450,000. We are so grateful. We're gonna take about half that money, you know, about $250,000, and put it into a remodel of this, this sanctuary and foyer. Um, we're gonna knock out the walls over these two uh, first classrooms so that the foyer goes all the way to the back, big, huge, open, bright foyer. We're gonna take out all the ceiling tiles and paint the ceiling all white so it'll be nice and bright. In here, um, we're getting new chairs that we've already ordered. We're taking out the ceiling tiles and paint the ceiling black in here. It'll raise everything up about two and a half feet. Um, we're gonna move the stage back. We're gonna move that gigantic oversized sound booth back. It's gonna make a ton more room and chairs for people to get born again and discipled here. We're stretching out, which reminds me of the verse in Isaiah where the Lord spoke to Isaiah to the people of Israel. He said, I want you to enlarge your tent. Like, it just make it bigger. And in those days, the way you made it bigger is you would stretch out the cords. And, and he's saying, I want you to hold nothing back, you know, and because you're going to need to lengthen your, your, your cords and then, and then dig those stakes deep into the ground. 
So that's what I want us to do as a church is to expand ourselves, well, literally, physically, but also in our hearts. How can we expand our hearts and, and our passionate love for God and our love for our spouse, our love for our kids, our love for lost people, our love for the community? Because the kingdom of God is always advancing. The kingdom of God is always expanding. But for two years, it kind of feels like the church has kind of been stuck. So... Um, one of the things we're going to talk about is, is uh, the supernatural and healing and miracles and prophecy. So last Sunday, I, I kind of got ahead of myself because I should have done this message last Sunday, but I felt so strongly to teach on healing. And I guess I'm glad I did because six people were instantly healed last Sunday and we're starting to get testimonies of more people that were healed. So yay God, yay God, yay God, yay God. I want you to be the ones that pray for the sick. Like your, your kid comes to you at, you know, at two in the morning and they're burning up with fever and they're like, I don't feel good. And then they yak all over the place. Um, yes, I want you to, uh, well, clean it up. First of all, it's gross. Uh, yes, I want you to give them Tylenol and Pedialyte and, and cool them down. But I, as you're doing so, I want you to lay your hands on them and rebuke that sickness and fever. I want you to be a person that operates the gift of healing. And, and, and if, if you're like, it's kind of new to me, well, practice. Like, you know, just, just keep practicing. Um, you know, I've told you honestly, I, I, I've prayed for thousands of people and I've seen dozens of healings, but I've seen dozens of healings, so I'm gonna keep praying for people until I get more gooder at this, you know what I'm saying? So just we're gonna keep advancing and practicing and, and, and doing better. Um, the, the, the problem is if you don't know where you're going, you're gonna go nowhere because you're just have afraid of going everywhere. So I wanna focus our advancing in, in seven areas. I almost held up four fingers, in seven areas. It's okay, I do this for a living. So, so um, Josie and I were praying, and we feel that these are seven specific areas that, that I wanna challenge you to advance in personally and corporately. That if, if, if we would each personally um, advance in these seven areas, and then it'll help corporately for us all to advance as we reach our community, number one, Uncommon Church will advance in our supernatural lifestyle. So this is what I'm talking about, that we will advance in healing, we will advance in prophecy, we will ad advance in giving words of knowledge, we will advance in faith, we will advance in operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. So personally, that looks like us realizing, studying, you know, 1 Corinthians 11, 12, 13, 14, and, and, and studying the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that's available to every believer and operating in those gifts, and that we would learn to abide in the presence of God. Like what happened a few moments ago in worship. And like, let's say you're visiting today, you're like, oh, that was some kind of thing in worship. You know, the preacher was laying on the ground and everybody's crying and shaking and all that. Like, that's not my kind of worship. Well, what is your kind of worship? Because we're not changing the way we worship. And you know what I'm saying? Like, why don't, you could join us. Like, you're welcome to join us. But we're not going back to old worship. We're, we're not going back to, to, to hands in our pockets. <laughs> Ironic. We're not going back to... <laughs> <clears throat> we're not going back to limp-wristed, mamby-pamby, you know, let's just sing kumbaya worship, man. Our hearts have been saved and we are passionate about seeking God. So, um, uh, and then corporately, that, that we would believe God for more miracles, that we would make more time and space in our services, that we would teach on the gifts of the Spirit and operating as a supernatural lifestyle, that we would pray for it, and that when people are healed, when there are miracles, that we would celebrate as a church, and, and, and we, would, um, we would, as a church, be like, yeah, this is the normal way to live. This isn't crazy. This is normal. Um, Joel, who was a prophet in the Old Testament, was sort of seeing into the future, and this is what he saw in Joel chapter 2. He said, after doing all these things, the Lord says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on some people. Oh, snap. I'm gonna pour out my spirit on all people. Are you all people? I'm all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Teenagers, children, we're gonna teach you how to prophesy. 
Your old men, thank God for all our old men and women. Your old men are gonna dream dreams. Your young men are gonna see visions. In those days, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on servants, on men, on women, everybody. Now that was, you have to understand, this was written almost 3,000 years ago in a time where women didn't do anything but just like cook and clean. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on everybody. It's gonna be for everybody. Did you amen the women just cook and clean? Wow. Wow. Why are you pointing at Albert? I feel like I heard your voice. Here's the neat thing about what Joel saw almost 3,000 years ago. We're living, we're living in the days that Joel saw. You see what I'm saying? We, we are actually the ones that the power of the name of Jesus get to do the very things that Joel prophesied we would get to do one day. He saw a vision, we are the fulfillment of that vision. And we can't take that for granted. We can't hide that power. Like, could you imagine the people of ancient Israel hearing all the prophets talk about the way that we're gonna know God? They'd be like, man, I would love to have a personal, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. But instead, I have to go up to the, the temple in Jerusalem and, and, and I have to get baptized and I have to make a sacrifice and blood's gonna have to be shed. And they're like, yeah, but one day power's gonna flow from the inside of us. We can't take that for granted. Like, it's just, it's gotta be a shame and a travesty that we don't pray for the sick, that we don't prophesy, that we don't love on people with the power of God more than we do. Our, our, we, we have to make Jesus famous today. There's, there's no such thing, and some people, I, I've talked about this a lot, so I won't harp on it, but some people are like, well, that, that's for level 10 Christians. Like, they get to operate in supernatural living. I'm like a level five Christian. There's no such thing as a level five Christian. I've told you now for weeks, if you have repented of your sin and made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you have been baptized in water like Latasha and you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are a level 10 Christian. There's no higher level than that. The same God that was in the Bible is the same God who lives in you today. And we are, our job, our responsibility is to represent Jesus to this generation. Represent is to represent Jesus. So every time you go to the store or to work or home or a PTA meeting, you're there to re-present Jesus. Mark chapter 16, the disciples went out and they preached everywhere. They preached at Kroger, they preached at Walmart, they preached at their work, they preached at their, their kid's ball field, they preached at the dog, the dog park, and then his word confirmed. Miracles confirmed. The Lord was working with them to confirm and signs and wonders accompanied them. When you step out in faith and you, you share the love of God with people, you are working together with God. Sometimes people are like, I never feel God's presence. That's because he's out in the community trying to love on people and you're just sitting at home on your blessed assurance. I never see signs and wonders and miracles. That's because you never do what Jesus did. You never step out in faith and tell people about Jesus. You're like, well, that's for the prayer team on Sunday. No, that's for us all day, every day, to live a supernaturally empowered life. Let's move on. Number two, second area I want you to advance in and all of us corporately to advance in is evangelism. I'm already there, so I'm just gonna keep going there. Personally, this means I want you to, to actively share the love of God with people this year and invite people to church. As a church, I want us to continue that every time we get together, somewhere in the service, we give people the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. Matthew chapter nine, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God and healing a few diseases and a couple of afflictions. 
Jesus went about healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, here's what we're supposed to do when we get out there. He had compassion on them. Because the crowds of people that were lost, they were harassed and helpless like sheep with no shepherd. He said to the disciples, hey y'all, he said to Uncommon Church, the harvest is plentiful. It's the laborers who are few. So pray earnestly. This is our job. This is what we pray for. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the field. So where did Jesus and the disciples go in verse 35? Everywhere. All the cities and villages. What, what, what city do you live in? Just call it out. Name the city you live in. Name the city you work in. Name the city you go to church in. Nah, it should have all been Euless. And our job is to follow in Jesus' footsteps. And when we get to those places, we are to proclaim the gospel and heal every disease. But did you notice that it was out of a motivation of compassion? That we would have compassion for people. They're harassed by a devil who hates them. And they're like sheep that don't have a shepherd. And Jesus said to the disciples, Jesus said to Uncommon Church, the harvest is ripe. I just don't have enough people to go out into the harvest fields. So pray and ask the Lord to send out Uncommon Church to be laborers in the field. So pray that prayer and then be the answer to that prayer by going harvesting people. Pray for people. Introduce people to the love of God. Invite them to church. God is still the answer for humanity today, more now than ever before. In fact, we were created by God to know God personally. So if we don't have a relationship with God personally, there's an emptiness inside of every man and woman. So our job is to introduce people to the, the, the whole that, that, that fits into the whole of humanity is Jesus. So we should be the light in the darkness wherever we go. I want to just ask yourself, how many people did you invite to church in 2021? Don't, not, not, don't say out loud because a lot of you is going to be zeros. How many people did you invite to church in 2021? Now let's set a goal. How many people asked the Lord, how many people could I invite to church in 2022? That's some advancing. Start today. Grab some of the invite cards off the connect table, little black square cards that say you're invited. Join us at Uncommon Church Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. And I'll, let me just stop and just say this. If you don't love this church enough to invite your friends to it, stop coming to this church and go find a church that you love and that you would want to invite your friends to. I know that sounds terrible for a preacher to say, you know, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, but I'm just saying... When I eat at an amazing restaurant, like if I find really good barbecue, I mean, right now, like Dickie's would sound really good, but if, if, I were to eat, if I were to eat good barbecue, I would tell everybody. Like I would come to work, I'd be like, hey, have y'all found that little barbecue place? Oh my gosh, I got born again again when I ate that barbecue. Because when I experience something great, I want my friends to experience it too. So if you're not inviting your friends to this church, stop coming to this church and go to a church that you love to invite people to. That's my church growth seminar. So people pay me to go coach them, grow their churches. <laughs> they should get their money back. Oh, this is what I get sometimes. Well, pastor, you know our church is uncommon. <laughs> so we're kind of in the deep end. People need to warm up to this kind of church. Did anybody need to warm up to Jesus walking on water, raising the dead, and casting out demons? People are fascinated with the supernatural. All the books and movies and TV shows are all about warlocks and witches and ghosts and the afterlife and demons. The world's not afraid of the supernatural. The church is. They're not afraid of the devil's power. 
We just need to introduce them to OG spiritual power. Let's move on. Number three, we're gonna advance, and I want you to advance personally and corporately in discipleship. We can't just see people get saved and then not help them grow down, roots down in their faith. They can't just build a house on the sand. They have to build the house on a strong foundation, or when life's storms come, the house will fall down. I don't wanna just see light bulbs screwed into the Jesus wall. I wanna see people go through growth track. I wanna see people serving on teams. I wanna see people attending a U group, and then a year later, leading a U group. So personally, make a plan to grow in your discipleship, in your knowledge of the word of God, in your spiritual disciplines. I want you to, to take Bible studies. Josie's been doing all these Bible studies for the last 14 days. You should be reading them and watching them and taking notes and applying those simple truths to your life personally. You, you should, at one of these semesters, take one of our Bible study groups and, and learn how to study the Bible and learn how to get something out of the word of God. There's, there's online Bible schools that you can take. Like, well, that's for people that are gonna preach. Aren't you gonna preach the gospel wherever you go? Wouldn't it be nice to know the Bible? Number two, as a church corporately, I, I want us to create avenues for deeper discipleship. I, I, I want, and you, you, here, let me be totally honest. It kind of goes back to the personal one. If we're gonna disciple more people, I need more disciplers. I need more mentors. I need more you group leaders. I need you to get involved in how we love on people and take them deeper in their faith. So, I, I, it, it, maybe it's not corporate. Maybe it goes back to personal. I, I need you on our team. I don't just need you on the stands and I don't need to hear you yelling at me from the bench. I need you in the huddle with me because we've got people that not just need to screw in a light bulb and pray a prayer, but need to grow down deep and strong in their faith. And ironically, Jesus' last command on the earth, he's like, all right, I'm gonna give them one last shot and then I'm gonna go back to the Father. Go into all the world and get people to screw in light bulbs and get saved. No, go into all the world and make disciples. It's a lot harder to make a disciple than it is to make a saved person. So then the question is, uh, what's a disciple? Luke chapter nine, here's what a disciple is in the eyes of Jesus. He said to the people, anybody that would come after me should deny himself, take up his cross, take up his electric chair, take up his lethal injection needle, and follow me. Jesus said, to all, we are all, as a disciple, our job is to deny ourselves, take up our cross, die every single day, and then follow Jesus. Look at the 12 disciples, that's what they did. They all had jobs, they all had careers. Peter had a family, and Jesus, he's like, hey, follow me, and then he just starts walking. And they were like, okay. And they left their lives, they left their families, they left their jobs to follow Jesus. And I ha I've told you this before. When Jesus said, you know that the Romans crucified um, prisoners all the time, especially violent criminals. I have to assume Jesus was walking past a dead body on a cross when he's like, yeah, I want you to um, take up your cross daily and follow me. And just kept walking. And they're watching this body rotting on a, on a stick. And they were like, cool, cool, cool. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. We're following the crazy guy. That's what it takes to be a disciple. I want you to ask yourself two questions. Number one, am I a disciple? Have you really denied yourself? You've denied your wishes, your desires, your old life, your old habits, your old hangups. Have you really denied yourself and every single day you die to yourself so that you can live for Jesus? And then are you really following Jesus? Disciples know how many books there are in the Bible. Disciples know what language the Old Testament was written in and what language the New Testament was written in. Disciples know 
which they know stuff because they study their Bible cover to cover. I was gonna be smart aleck. So it's unlike for me to be smart aleck because I didn't go there. You guys are like, I can't believe he says some of the things he says. Y'all should be glad I don't say all the things I think before I say the things I say. <laughs> My stepfather watches sermons sometimes. He's like, son, you don't really think before you speak. I'm like, I'm trying as hard as I can. That's the stuff that slips out. So the first question is, are you a disciple? Are you really living for Jesus? The second question is this, are you making disciples? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So I want you to turn around and see if you are leading anybody deeper in their walk with God. See, we have to advance in being disciples and making disciples, but for time, we gotta move on, number four. Uncommon church will advance in the next generation, kids and youth. We've gotta do a better job with our children. We've gotta do a better job with our young people. I'm gonna tell you why in a minute, but first, personally. Personally, how can we influence, mentor, impact more kids, more youth, inside the church, outside the church? For a church corporately, God, we wanna see God move in a powerful way in our young people, in our children, in our toddlers. So we need to pray for Josh Martinez and all of the men and women that serve on his team. We need to volunteer for his teams and help change diapers and help lead toddler worship services and youth groups for um, little third graders all the way up to our teenagers. Why do we need to do a better job? Here's why. Here's a stat for you. 85% of the people that are lifelong devoted Christians made a commitment to Christ between the ages of four and 14. We'll do the test right here. If you have been raised in the church, you never backslid, and you have been a lifelong Christian, raise your hand. How many of you gave your heart to Jesus in that same time between four and 14? The same hands. Now let me, that's 85% of the people that are lifelong Christians give their heart to Jesus between four and 14, and I'm gonna add 10%. The next 10% do it between 15 and 30. So here's the stat. 95% of the people that become Christians and stay Christians did so while they were young. We're not doing enough for the next generation. We, we're doing good, we're doing okay. We're gonna work on doing good and then we're gonna get to great because we've got to advance and take back the next generation or there won't be a church in 20 years. There won't be any churches in 20 years. The next generation matters to God. God literally introduces himself. He said, hey, I'm God. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of his son, Isaac. And I'm the God of his grandson, Jacob. I'm the God of the grandpa. I'm the God of the son. And I'm a God of the grandson. God identifies himself with generations. The apostle Paul, when writing to Timothy, who was a young disciple, he said, Tim, man, I, I remember, it's in 2 Timothy chapter one, he's talking about his, 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 Timothy's mother and grandmother. He said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. It's a faith that I saw in your grandma Lois. I had a grandma Lois, she's in heaven. And your mother Eunice, we don't have a lot of Eunices anymore. And now I'm sure it dwells in you also. Paul was saying, Tim, you have the faith that you have because of your mama and your grandma. We need to advance in how we raise our kids, how we raise our grandchildren, how we replicate the faith in them and for the next generation. Now, you were like, I don't have kids and I don't have grandkids. That's okay. I've got kids in our church that don't have parents and grandparents. You can be a parent and a grandparent. You can serve on a dream team. You can change a diaper. You can lead a Bible study for three-year-olds. You can work in the kids' church. You can work with our teenagers. I got a place for you. 
it's easier for kids to get saved than it is for adults. It's easier for kids to stay saved when they get saved as kids. It's, it's, we don't have to water down the gospel for kids. Like, we treat them like they're stupid. And we just give them crackers and orange drink and watch this, you know, VeggieTales video from 20 years ago. Why don't we teach them how to prophesy and heal the sick? It's easier for kids to operate in the gifts of the Spirit because they don't have any fears or doubts or, oh, I didn't see any miracles. If kids see tons of miracles, then they're raised in a culture, in an environment where they're always seeing miracles. They're always seeing prophecy fulfilled. All right, we gotta move on. Number five, the area we're gonna advance in is in our finances. Personally, I want you to surrender your finances to God. Stop trying to hold back your money from God. There's more verses in, Jesus taught on money more than prayer. It's so important to God. We need to learn how to steward our money well, to learn how to get out of debt, learn how to manage what God has given us better so that he can increase us. As a church, we need to continue. We, we, we had a, a record year in 2021. More money uh, was given in tithes and offerings and more money was given away in world missions than ever before in the history of our church. So we need to continue to, to, to get better in our stewardship and in our ability to be blessing to other people. I want everybody in our church, write this down or just go open your Amazon on your phone. I want everybody in our church to read the book Poverty, Riches, and Wealth by Chris Valentin. It's $12. If you do not have $12, please put on a Connect card. I would like a book and we will buy you one this week. It'll be here for you next week. Everybody in our church needs to read the book. And by the way, as an audio book, it's exceptional. I, I, sometimes I can knock out an audio book just having to drive down, you know, like I've got to sit in traffic in Dallas for an hour, audio book. So uh, it's also good on Audible. Poverty, Riches, and Wealth by Chris Valentin. All right, you, thanks, Sammy. So I just want you to, I remind you, we're gonna take um, about half of the money that we're raising from the sale of the land that was donated to us. Um, we're gonna pay down the principal and the mortgage for this land, and we're gonna remodel all the things I talked about. I will say this, though. I've been looking at some of the budgetary things as, as Ira's been giving me numbers. The budget for this remodel is, the, the margin is gonna be razor thin. And I'm not saying I'm losing sleep that there won't be enough. I'm just saying I think about it at two in the morning sometimes. <laughs> not that I've lost sleep. It's just I'm awake <laughs> in a cold sweat. <laughs> so if you were thinking like, hey, I'd like to help give more to the church towards the building fund, I have no objection to that. That would help me, you know, sleep. Um, if you want to, when the chairs come in in a month, if you want to buy a few chairs for you and your family, I think there's seventy or seventy-five dollars a piece. And Lynette, do you remember how much those chairs were? Seventy-five, something like that. Um, maybe buy a chair for you and your family, your grandkids. Buy a chair for lost people. You put a few hundred bucks in, in the pot to go towards the chairs to make room as we expand and we make a little more room for more people to get born again. Now, some people, when I, when I talk about stuff like this, uh, and I just remind you, uh, I wasn't planning on doing it, but I will. Um, it's the, the, the first, I, I gave for the first time this year because we got paid our last paycheck in 2021 and then we just got paid on Friday, I guess, for 2022, the first pay period. So I gave on our, on our app thing, but I remind you that it was, um, I, 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 I think I lose all of the blessing for this, but I'm also trying to teach a principle, so maybe God will give me some credit back. Um, a few years ago, I was thanking the Lord when I was looking at my tax receipt for the year before because we would give 10% every year. We love to tithe. We've tithed when we had nothing, Bible school, beans and rice, ramen noodles. We still tithed, and we just love it. It's the funnest thing we do. And so for 
you know, almost 20 years we tithed. No, for 20 years. And then I, I got my tax receipt where it shows you all the giving from the year before. And I'm like, and we had given away more money than we had ever given before. And I was like, Jesus, I just thank you that you'd help us to be so generous. And the Lord spoke so loud to my heart. He said, you're not generous. He said, you're just obedient. You're just not stealing from me. The Lord said, generosity starts at 11%. And I was like, you're like, you know, when you get punched in the stomach, you're like, whew, whew, like my ears were ringing. So I talked to Josie and we prayed. So we decided that we would just give 1% more every year. So when you're giving 10% to 11%, that's no big deal. So a couple years ago, we gave 11%, and then we gave 13%. I gave 12%, and then last year we gave 13%, and then I was, I was doing the books, and I was getting ready to give, and it was 14% that we gave this week, babe. And I was like, that makes me sweat a little bit. Because that extra, you know, 4%, that, that adds up. But we do it as a joy because I, I want to be generous. I don't want to just, like, not steal. I want to move well. And then we actually give probably more. That does, I, I'm going to hold on to that secret because I do want a little blessing out of this. By the way, the new giving platform was amazing. If you haven't used it yet, I highly recommend it. Um, a lot of people that give big amounts, you send a check. If you use the app thing, the platform, um, and you hook up your bank account through ACH, I synced up my Wells Fargo, for 25 cents, it'll transfer any amount. And I, so there's no processing fee. I mean, it's a quarter. I'll give you a quarter. Um, it was great. Um, so, so, so by the way, so, so no credit card processing fee, just 25 cents for an ACH transfer. By the way, another by the way, uh, all the by the ways, uh, if you choose to use the new giving platform, um, uh, you can download the app on the app store called Church Center or Church Online. Somebody help me. Church Center, and that is the standard app for Planning Center, which is the database company we use. But in there, it'll say, what's your zip code or what's your city? And you'll type in ULIS or something, and then it'll say, oh, do you wanna join any of these churches? And Uncommon will be in there. And then you join Uncommon Church's Church Center app. You can, here's my point. You can give straight from the app. It's super easy. Small problem with giving from the app or giving digitally. You're making a spiritual exchange, you're not paying your electric bill. So when I was setting the app up, and I was setting up you know, routing number and all that stuff and syncing it up, and then I almost hit the button because it was super easy, the Holy Spirit's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you paying an electric bill or giving me money? And I'm like, oh, snap. So I stopped and I'm like, Father in heaven, and I made it a moment of worship and prayer and sacrifice and surrender. Don't click the button without a moment of, of, of making a spiritual transaction. You're putting your loaves and fish in the hand of Jesus. He's gonna multiply and do great things with it. But make it a spiritual interaction. I talk about stuff like this and being generous and all that, and some people are like, dude, I am in so much credit card debt, like I can't breathe. Well, here's the deal. I want you to advance in your ability to reduce and get out of debt in 2022. Debt is a thief that is stealing your money, and I don't want anybody at Uncommon Church to be stolen from with high interest debt, because it makes you a slave to that debt. So if you are in high interest credit card debt, I want you to humble yourself and write on a connect card and put it in the offering bucket on the way out and say, I am in financial trouble and I need help. We have many men and women in this church that have been exactly where you are and worse and are now, they own their own homes, they own their cars, they pay everything with cash. Nothing is high interest credit card debt. So there is help for you. Are we doing a financial uh, class this semester or no? Not this semester but we will next semester because one of you is gonna teach it. 
Um, that's a shame that we don't have one because that's such a help. So we need y'all to, te- to teach. I, need, I, need to, I can't advance in making disciples if I don't have more mentors to help lead you groups. So, um, but we will help you. We will still hook you up with somebody and help you get out of that high interest credit card debt. We can't be a blessing to others if we are not walking in blessing ourselves. I believe that there is a, a, a key to financial prosperity and it breaks off poverty thinking. You can't have a poverty thinking mentality and think that, that Jesus is the king of kings, kings of the universe. Like we've gotta do better at breaking off poverty. I have spent way too much time on this section. We gotta move on number six. Uncommon Church will advance in 2022 in world missions. This church, if you're new, we used to take at least two or three, if not four or five mission trips a year. We, we, would, we would go all over the world doing world missions. Of course, we always financially support missionaries, but we're going back on the mission field and, and it's gonna start this year and we want you to come with us. So I don't know where you stand on the vaccine and I never talk about all that stuff. I will simply say, for me to personally lead a trip, there is a limited number of countries that I can go to. So, um, but I am also noticing that more and more countries are opening up even for reprobates like myself. So we're gonna, we're gonna take the gospel to the nations. The first thing we have to do is just recognize God's not an American. And I know this might be hard for some of y'all, God's not even Texan. It's true. God definitely doesn't like the Cowboys. So... So it's funny that a, 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 a pastor, who, <laughs> I won't say that. Um, we have to uh, be more strategic in continuing our impact for Christ globally. Uh, we're going to continue to financially give to the nations and the nation of Israel. Um, if you don't know, currently we're supporting works um, in Mexico, in um, Honduras, Nicaragua, um, of course, uh, India, Sri Lanka, um, uh, Israel, and then there are a few countries that we're supporting that are reaching unreached people groups in countries that I can't even mention uh, publicly. <gasps> oh, if you're watching online. Hi, online people. I love you. You're my favorite. Um, <laughs> last Sunday, we played a testimony video from some of the ministries that we sponsor around the world, and I played that at the end. It was my job to tell you goodbye because we, did, we couldn't play that publicly to let, you, let the world know about some of the work and testimonies. That was only for people in the room. But I did, I dropped the ball and I didn't say goodbye to you, I didn't explain, we just cut the stream and that's terrible, that was my bad and I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me. We give to some amazing ministries that are doing some amazing works around the world. Here at home, uh, we give, we're, we're big supporters of Six Stones, uh, the ministry here in the mid-cities. Of course, we support Rescue Her, our anti-trafficking organization. And then we also, uh, this is something that we've been doing lately and, and more so as I travel and speak and help churches, is we invest money into other smaller churches that just need a little seed money, they just need a little help, they just need a little boost, and we, we help other churches to grow. So um, Josie and I have a heart for the nations. We've traveled and ministered in more than 40 nations around the world. So um, we wanna see the gospel of Jesus Christ spread around the world. And um, it's just so important. Why is it important? Because this generation is responsible to reach this generation. So it is our job to reach 
the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And, and that comes from a portion of scripture the apostle John was seeing into the future. John saw a vision of the future in the book of Revelation. He wrote it down. He said in chapter seven, I looked and behold a great number, a multitude that nobody could number. They came from every nation, from all the tribes and peoples, every language. They were standing before the throne, before the lamb of God who was clothed in white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So that's what we want to do is help take the gospel, whether it's our money or our butts in a plane seat or you know, supporting and praying for other people, is that every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And basically, I'll put it this way. Everyone is called to go to the nations unless you're specifically called to stay. here's the final instructions that Jesus gave before leaving earth, Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach the new disciples in those nations to obey the commands that Jesus gave, and be sure of this, when you get on that airplane, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. We're not yet at the end of the age, Jesus is still with us, we still have the mission to take the gospel to the nations. All right, let's move on. Last and final one, number seven, uh, Uncommon Church in 2022 will advance in our influence, our influence in our community. So I want you to ask yourself, where has God already given you influence? School systems, uh, neighborhood, um, you know, community, whatever. And then I want you to work on increasing your influence in the community. As, as, a, as a church, corporately, I want our church to increase our impact on the local schools um, with the local mayors and governments, of course, our first responders and police and things like that. Because here's the question I want to propose. If for some reason, Uncommon Church shut its doors today, and this was the very last time we had a worship service, would anybody in Eulis even know or care? We need to create a church where people care because of the impact that we're having in our city. We are the ones that should have the keys to the city spiritually, that we, we pray for its protection, we pray for God to bless and move in our city. So in a practical way, I'm gonna give you just a few practical examples of how you can increase your influence in the city. And the first thing is this. Live your life in a way that is counterculture to what the enemy is doing in our city. If, if, if you will live in a way that is the opposite of the things that our city struggles with. So parts of Euless and Bedford, the mid-cities, struggle with poverty. So live your way where you break off poverty in your life and that you don't struggle with poverty, thinking, high debt, things like that. But then there's other people in our community that they struggle with the love of money and wealth and cars and success and boats and houses. So live your life in a way where you also break off the love of money and you, you, all of your money is, is the Lord's and you lay it all at the Lord's feet. People in our community struggle with um, fear and depression and suicide. So I want you to live your life full of hope and joy and peace that depression will be driven out of our city by the example that we set. A lot of people in the mid-cities, especially lower-income people, struggle with addiction. So if there's anything in your life, I don't want you to give an inch to addiction. Alcohol, weed, porn, anger, other addictive drugs, because our city struggles with addiction, so I want you to live in a counterculture, working against the spirit that's trying to destroy our city. Families are a mess in the mid-cities. So I want you to fight for your marriage. I want you to fight to love your spouse like high school kids. I want you to love your kids and support your kids well. 
want you to take off work an hour early and go to their games and support them and let them know you're there and you love them and, you, and especially dads. In a practical way, join the PTA. Volunteer with Six Stones. Volunteer in other community and things like that. Um, if, you're, if, if God speaks to your heart, run for office. We'll support you. We'll, we'll, we'll throw some money in your hat. Um, if, if you could, maybe get some gift cards for Chick-fil-A or whatever. And when you see a police officer, a firefighter, stuff like that, just go up to him and just be like, hey, I just want to bless you guys. Thank you for serving our community. And just love on our first responders. I, I, I was serious earlier. Please take some invite cards from the table. I, we, I always keep a few in my pocket or in my, my truck, my center console. And um, I, I wanted to invite somebody this week. And I was like, can I? I didn't have any on me. I'm like, can you Google Uncommon Church for me? That's weird, but do it. So it's my bad. I've got to grab a few cards and stick them in my truck. So um, hop up on your feet. I want to wrap up and we'll land this plane. I know we've been going for a while. Um, sorry, not sorry. I, I think it was important that we take some time and talk about the seven areas that we need to personally and corporately advance in this year. It's kind of like this. Um, I told you guys a story last year. I, I fly a little bit with American, but not enough to like always get upgraded. But then there was that one time that uh, we were flying a few months ago and they call over the thing and it's like, um, Carignan. And I'm like, or actually they said Carnahan or something because they can't say my name right. So I go up to the counter and I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, nothing, sir. We're just upgrading you to first class. I was like, well, of course you are. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? But people that travel a lot, a lot, a lot, they expect to be upgraded. Like when they're like, you know, Jones, you're like, yes, <laughs> I'll take that upgrade. In 2022, I want you to take an upgrade from the Lord. He wants to upgrade you. He wants to upgrade you. He wants you to have leather seats and you know the little button that turns the heat on in the seats? I don't mean physically in your car, I don't care about that, in your faith in your hope, in your finances, in your love, in your family, in your kids, I want, you to have I want you to have heated leather seats. Does that make sense? And I want you to expect it, that God loves you so much. Just close your eyes. Picture a waterfall. That's too small. Picture Niagara Falls. That'll do. Last summer, just keep your eyes closed. Picture Niagara Falls. Um, Josie and I were up in Buffalo and we took the, the boat out to the, the Maid of the Mist where Pam and Jim got married. And um, we went right up to the foot of the falls. And even though you're in a boat on the water, like there's like a rumble in your chest because of the amount of water that's pouring over that thing. And the mist, I mean, forget it. It's just, it's a thunderstorm of rain coming off of that thing. Every single one of those drops that you're picturing is the love of God saying, I love you. I love you, I love you, I'm proud of you, I think you're amazing. I, I, I gave my son for you, that's how much I love you. And I want you to expect an upgrade from me. All right, you can look up here at me. We can't advance if our foot is stuck in a bear trap. You, you can't do the seven things that we wanna do this year if, if we're stuck with sin. And the devil would, would love for you to be stuck with your anger, your addiction, your fear, your depression, your anxiety, your, your, your porn, your weed, your, your pills. Like the devil would love nothing with you. Oh yeah, advance. Dude, I got you. You're not going anywhere. The power of the name of the Lord Jesus is stronger than whatever has been holding you back. Well, I just struggle with faith. Well, humble yourself before God and say, Lord, help me with my faith. Help me with my unbelief. 
there's a train that goes from Chicago to Seattle on Amtrak. Amtrak, which is like the Greyhound bus of railways. But they have a special train that goes from Chicago to Seattle. It's a 50-hour ride, two and a half days. They have these bedroom cars, sleeper cars, to take you through the most beautiful part of America, the Pacific Northwest. They say if you go like in early spring, you got all the grasslands are green, but all the mountains are snow-capped. It's just the most beautiful journey you could ever take. It's $1,000 a person, which for an Amtrak train, it's the most beautiful train ride in America, a thousand bucks a head to, to, to get your own bedroom. So if Josie and I were to do it, $2,000, I'd let you stay in my bedroom, it'd be all right. <laughs> if I were telling you that we're gonna give you a free ticket to get on in Chicago, drive that beautiful trip through the Pacific Northwest, and then you fly home to Dallas from Seattle. It's all paid for. I talked to your boss. Your boss said you're off work. Kids, you're off school. Like, just get on the train. There's no reason not to. And it's going somewhere amazing. Jesus paid a price for you to ride to glory. Praise the Lord. I, I could have done that with a voice, right? It's paid for. Get on the train. Oh, I got all this baggage. Yeah, you don't need that. Just leave it there. Just leave that baggage. Get on the train. It's paid for. Take it. He, he loves you so much. It's, it's first class. If you're here this morning and you're not right with God, if you can't advance because you're stuck, I'm asking you to pray. Repent of your sin. Ask God to forgive you, and he will because he loves you, he's crazy about you. He's gonna release you from that bear trap of sin and unbelief. And then he's gonna put you on a train and take you to new places you've never been before. It's gonna be amazing. It might be the first time in your life you've ever prayed a prayer like this. It might be the first time in a long time. You're like, yeah, that was kind of me as a kid. Well, it's time for you to come back because you got right with God as a kid. Now it's time for you to return to the Lord as an adult. That's Latasha's story follow in her footsteps. Latasha is saying, follow me as I follow Christ. She's a good example. Maybe you're watching at home online, your heart's beating out of your chest, and you're like, I've got to get right with God today. I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in a prayer, but it's got to come from your heart. I can't pray it for you. I can just help you. If you're watching online or you're here this morning, and that's you, you've got to pray. It might be the first time or the first time in a long time, but you want to pray and get right with God again. Would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. I see your hand over there. Is anybody else? Just shoot your hand up. You say, I've got to get right with God today. I see your hand over there. I see your hand over there. Is anybody else? Anybody else? Good. Good. All right. I saw three people that raised their hand and said, Pastor, today's my day to get right with God. What about you? Right there in your living room, right there in your bedroom. Just shoot your hand up between you and God. Your heart's already pounding out of your chest. It's just you and God in that intimate moment. Just raise your hand before God and just say, Lord, I need to get right with you today. For you that are at home and the three of you, in fact, why don't we all pray this prayer? If you believe it in your heart, pray it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I repent of my sin. Forgive me. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I take up my cross and I will die daily so I can follow you. I love you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Help me to advance this year. Help me to take an upgrade 
in every area of the kingdom. I receive it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen for the three, amen for you at home. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.